welcome back welcome to season three of the podcast oh my god this is our first intro for season three this is our first intro first episode welcome to season three of sorry you saves the world officially everyone welcome to the queer season the best season ever the best season yet not to diss all the past seasons because yeah good point the best season well they've mm -hmm. all been great They've all been amazing, but this one is just really special. This one is really, it's really special. Like, it really is. The people we've had on this season are really special. People you guys will hear soon that we've had on. And you're going to love them. All of them. Oh, gosh. Especially this interview. This interview was really great. It was hilarious, actually. Like, reminiscing on this interview, because we're recording this post, doing the interview itself, is actually making me smile. Like, it was so (laughs) much fun to do this interview. And we actually got to record this one together, which is always fun. Yes, we were in the same place. Rachel Blockner's basement. Hey, oh, Rach. <laughs> this interview that you're about to hear today is with Mickey Ratsula. They are the incredible. Actually so cool. Actually so funny. And hilarious, yeah. Yeah. Such good music. They're amazing. But before we hop into it. If you want to follow us on Instagram, yeah, you really know the drill. You should know (laughs) the drill by now. I don't even think we need to say it, but at Sorry Saves the World on Instagram, on TikTok, on all social media that we're on. If it's not there, then it's not there, honey. (laughs) (laughs) And if you really, really, really love us, you can always go ahead and support us on Patreon. Yeah. It's $4 a month and you get exclusive content and these really, really pretty pink Songwriting Saves the World stickers. Yep. Stickers. It's true. And let's jump into it. Depending (laughs) depending on where you're listening, if you're listening on Spotify, that's rad. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, that's really cool. I don't really know the other ones, but no matter what, downloading helps, liking helps, leaving a review or a comment helps us. So yeah. And as always, the socials of the guest will be in the description of this episode. So if you want to go check out Mickey or check out any of the guests in any of our episodes, go to the description and find them. Just look down. down. So we will jump into this (laughs) right now with Mickey Ratsula. Mickey Ratsula is a singer-songwriter from Southern California. They've been releasing music since 2016 and most recently released two beautiful tunes Reeboks and second which we have been jamming to in love so thank you for being on the show thank you thank you for having me we have a little icebreaker question and we wanted to know (laughs) what your first concert was and what your best concert was first concert best Um, concert i think i don't every time i'm asked what my first concert was i feel like it changes because i truly just don't remember (laughs) i think i think it was Hillary Duff. Oh, oh no way. Duff. Amazing. I, That's solid. I, I think I saw her at like the Orange County Fair when I was really little. And that was like, no that way. was like, oh, super cool. The best concert I've been to, um, I feel like I just recently, not recently, you know, COVID, but like within right. the last few right. years, I went to one that was really good. Um, we saw, my girlfriend and I saw the Paper Kites and Passenger. Um, I forget oh, what love venue passenger. it was. And that was like just so cool because it was a really intimate show. Amazing. Okay, now mm-hmm. thinking of intimate, my favorite show ever actually is the Adelsh concert I went to because she's like my hero. And I totally, see, mm. I, told, I told you I'd forget. <laughs> I, was on, 
I w- I've been obsessed with her since I was in middle school, and I so I signed up to all her like emailing things. Yeah. And then when she came, when she was doing her comeback with like her album Twenty Five, uh-huh. it was like an email to everyone who was on her list. And in California, was like, I'm doing this show at uh-huh. the Wemb- Wimbledon, something like that. Whatever the little, like, little yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And um, was like, you get two tickets if you click this link. And I was like, thank God, I was obsessed what? in middle school because like. So that Wait. was like the most surreal experience because it was such an intimate venue and we were relatively close and it was just like my idol there. So I don't know why I did not think of that first. That, that was my so best So sick. Ever. How many Sorry, people I, were... That was dumb of me. No, no. How many people <laughs> were on that email list? What the heck? I don't know. I think it, it was like... I don't, I don't remember the capacity, but like for someone who's Adele who would like... Who's like a stadium type of Right, person, right. Like, it was insane to see it like literally like in a small venue. Like... Like we, she was. It was so cool and intimate, and it was like, it was just like surreal. And like middle school me was just freaking out because I've been, I've been dreaming of seeing her live for so Mm. long. Yeah. And so, when that happened, I was like, that's so cool. And I just took my brother. I was like, let's go. (laughs) We're going. Get in the car. Get your stuff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I've been to some great concerts, but that one was the best one because of the experience. Yeah. I wasn't even there, and it's the top of my list now. I know. I'm like really mad at myself that I didn't think of that first. God. Listen, this is a oh, podcast, okay? We can edit it if you need. <laughs> if you need, if you yeah, need to have a Adele never answer. has to know. I, tr- I truly have been to very good concerts, so I'm not. Yeah, mad sounds about that. like it. So, can you give us kind of a background of your musical journey, how you got into music, and how you got to where you're at now? Oh. I wish mine was like cooler, but it's like kind of embarrassing. <laughs> no, please I, share. <laughs> like it, like I started like, you know, doing YouTube in middle school when I was uh-huh. like, I was like, I'll post some covers, but I won't like. I was so embarrassed to tell people I did music. Like if people asked, I wouldn't tell them. It was right. Just, like, if you found it, you found it. Like, you know, <laughs> luck of the stuff. draw. Yeah. So <laughs> I started like in middle school, just like, you know. I've been writing music since middle school. Like, they were quite shit. Also, can I cuss on this? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Okay, because I, you know, sometimes it slips out. But they're they're just bad. Like, writing about the word. Like, I've never broke up with anybody, and I'm, like, writing these, like, songs in Naturally, yeah. And just really bad. But I got it out of me, you know? And so (laughs) it wasn't until, like, so I, like, started, like, being in music, like, in that world in middle school but like I grew up you know learning how to play the piano and everything like music has always been around me Mm -hmm. but like in a sense of like performing and like my artist side started posting covers in middle school then like in high school so I played soccer my whole life that was like my Mm -hmm. other passion Mm -hmm. um so I'm I'm still a massive fan of the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team Woo! and um they I was like in high school I had this moment of like okay I'm gonna like write songs about that team so uh-huh. i made like a whole ass youtube channel where i like take popular songs and like rewrote the lyrics so it's about the team or like i think that was like i don't think i i think i only wrote like one original you know what i mean uh-huh. and i like had my little fandom and like you know i met players you know at games no way at like other like uswt fans would like come up to me at games like it was like this little tiny like little thing i was rocking it was like and a then, whole thing you were a superstar. Yeah. Right. As a very small one in a small, <laughs> tiny community, yes. <laughs> but um, I did that for like two years. And then my girlfriend and I met my 
uh, senior year of high school, like the last Aww. last little bit of senior year of high school. Um, she was living in Texas, and you know she met through Tumblr, which is super fucking queer. So right, that's right, stupid. naturally. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been together since then. So it's been like we just celebrated five years in March. But so, um, oh, happy anniversary! Thank you. Um, so when we started dating, like I actually had like something to write about and someone to write about Mm -hmm. and so you know I had built my own little tiny little following from my like soccer music stuff yeah you know and I was like oh I'm gonna start diving into regular music and I just like you know I wrote I just started writing music in Mm -hmm. in you know kind of good music because it was like about something real and I was right uh, you know I was not a 12 year old anymore and so um I just started from there and I just, you know, I released stuff, but I wasn't really taking it seriously. And then um, I just like, I got lucky. Like some of the covers I put out did really well on Spotify based mm. on their algorithm. And it just kind of mm-hmm. slowly started to build. And then um, I just recently this year signed to Network Records for my debut album. Congratulations. And thank you. And so that, I like to say like now my career is starting because I feel like it's like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I've had like, you know mildly good success on my own in the past few years but you know now it's like with a team behind and a whole thought process and I'm finally making the music that I feel like I was meant to be making Mm -hmm. you know like now that I figured out myself as a as a person my identity it's just helped me figure out my artistry and so it's taken a long way to get here but I feel like I'm finally actually starting where where I should be starting and I like to say my the U.S. soccer stuff was like my Disney Channel (laughs) Disney Channel days yeah and so I had to like (laughs) grow up out of my Disney channels, you know, phase. And, you know, so the people who were there were like, no, don't leave us. And I'm like, I got to get out of Disney channel. Right. So like, <laughs> right. That transition was kind of hard to like uh-huh. turn into this, but you know, I, I was also figuring out a lot of things personally. So yeah, it's, it's, I honestly, half the time I have no idea how I got here, but I, mean, so. <laughs> I, I think that's that. how I got here. Yeah, right. I really do. Wait, are any of these soccer songs still like available for our listening pleasure. <laughs> I actually very recently, I think in the past month, deleted them all. Oh Not no. Not deleted, but I put them all on private because no, I Mickey. freaked out one day. I was like, <laughs> I was like, they're so embarrassing. I left them up for a while because people who, you know, yeah. the fandom that I left, I was like, I'll leave them for you. You're fan. And then I think it was like after I signed and, you know, we were going through and, you know, doing stuff with my social media. Right. I freaked out. I was like, this is so embarrassing. I no. This is, like, so embarrassing. So I just went and privated all of them. No. Um, yeah, they were all, they were all, cause, well, because also, like, when you looked at my name on YouTube, that's all you found. I was like, no. <laughs> You're like, what about the new stuff? But the thing about that is that I always think about, like, old embarrassing videos mm-hmm. of just, like, anyone. And mm-hmm. when someone, like, gets really popular and then they, like, dig up that old stuff, everyone's like, oh, like, I know, it's, it's, so like, it's so cute. Yeah. Like, people love to I see love- that. I left the old stuff on, like, my regular YouTube channel, like, where okay. I was doing my, like, middle school, high school covers. Mm-hmm. But the U.S., the soccer stuff, I was like, we'll close the lid on that for a little bit, <laughs> and then maybe I'll open it up again later. Someone's it got it little... going into you guys. Yeah, no. so it's not deleted. It's just all private. Like, the whole channel is private. But, Listen, um, no. I'll raise you one. In middle school, I had a YouTube channel with my best friend called Middle School Madness. It had a theme song. We discussed the things that we went through as seventh graders and gave advice to the no people that watched. Anyway, and it's still up. You were ahead of of the podcast name then. 
Sasha's so like, I was born for this. I've been prepping since the seventh grade. That's so good. Oh my god. That's I don't hilarious. know. It's, it's probably impossible to find, but I know that it's there. I'm gonna it look exists. for it. Okay. Good good for you. You know, good for you. You I I I free I literally panicked one day. I was like, I need to take these down no. in season. <laughs> Minky's like, I love that for you, but I will not be participating. You should have like on your like website or something just a section that's like archives and it can just be there be and it could be nowhere else but it could be like one place where people can find them yeah and but then it's like do <laughs> i want to direct people there i'm really know? i'm really pushing for that <laughs> okay i'll i'll send you an uh, an unlisted <gasps> so you can see one yes! how about that Yes. So you can see you, so can, so you can see what I'm talking about, like literally. Yeah, Disney for research, yeah, for context. Yeah, story. okay. We have to really understand. The yeah, origin. we have to understand. Yeah. I'll send you one, and if I see anyone else sees it, I'm coming after you. <laughs> and that's. <laughs> Promise so. will not leave these four eyes. <laughs> will not leave Good. These eyes. Good. Good. Perfect. Now that's it. Yeah. So you've been writing music for quite a while now, since you said you started in middle school. And on this podcast, we talk a lot about a songwriter's toolbox, which Mm -hmm. it's essentially just little tips and tricks that you've picked up along the way that you use in your writing. So what are three things that you have in your songwriter's toolbox that you can share with us? Oh, three. Yeah. Again, this is another thing where half of this stuff, I'm just fucking winging it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, I I feel like, I mean, the most common probably thing that I feel like a lot of my songwriter friends do as well um is just to like write down and record everything because that's something that like Mm. I've been doing for as long as I can remember like my voice memos are like yeah there's hundreds of stuff because you know or like or my notes are just a bunch of random one-liners like I mean Mm. both second and rebox came from just like one line that I wrote in my notes when I was like I thought of an idea and wrote it down you know and Mm -hmm. they're both actually the first lines of each song was what I wrote down Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And um, I, yeah, that's, that's like a, my big thing is like if I think of anything that, that could be a song idea or something, it's like write it down or record it so mm-hmm. that, you know, there's been times where I'm super stuck on what I want to do and I'll just go through my phone and see what I've done, what, fe- mm-hmm. what past Mickey has done. And I'm like, right. That, you know, like, thank you. Um, yeah, I think um, another thing, like my songwriting process is, is more so I... I like don't do either lyrics or music entirely first. It's very intertwined. Like mm-hmm. you know, they kind of go hand in hand together. Um, but recently, you know, I've been really trying to develop my production side. So my whole mm-hmm. debut album is fully self-produced. So that's really exciting. That's awesome. No way. Yeah. That's sick. So that so that's changed my songwriting as well because a lot of times I'll literally just write and produce at the same time, mm-hmm. which is how Rebox came about. I just started. Mm-hmm. Literally, it just they start to like fill each other out. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, um, another uh, tip or tool thing in my toolbox right, is right. that like I listen to a lot of music and a lot of my favorite music, and I'll just whether I want to or not, I'm like analyzing the song and listening uh-huh. to you know what they've added, and really think about like what certain elements make me feel and so I've been doing like a lot of it's just like research I guess if you Mm -hmm. want to do it in that in that sense so just figuring out like what sounds excite me or make me feel this and it's like okay how can I use that same technique that they use in my own yeah so in like a 
so it's helped me kind of develop my own sound so that I have kind of these go-to sounds that I like to grab mm -hmm. if I'm working on something um, because I've realized that they add a certain thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, just a little research thing. Um, yeah. That's a really good one. I think, yeah, I think so too. And I think my third thing, because I have no idea what any of Tool. these are. Um, <laughs> I used to... It has to do with bridges, you know what I feel like? I feel like, okay, I feel like Olivia Rodrigo is trying to bring back bridges, right? Oh, for sure. But I'm, Petition for the bridge. Oh, my God, do you hear my cat throwing up? <laughs> Sorry, my cat's throwing up upstairs. Oh, no. You can no. see him. Just, is he, he okay? Eats you need to check oh, on he, him. He just eats way too fast. He's totally okay. fine. He just eat, yeah, that's his thing. Anyway, so <laughs> I feel like, you know, between Taylor Swift and Olivia Rodrigo, it's, like, very focused on bridges, right? And yes, I right. Whenever I'm writing a song... You'll hear in this debut album, I'm like very anti-bridge. A lot of them aren't. I don't oh. have a lot of bridges. And mm -hmm. I used to feel like when I was very like limited in my singer-songwriter box, it was very much like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. Mm -hmm. And it's like you have to put a bridge. And I started to realize like when I was writing, now I ask myself like when I get to that second, you know, once I finish the second verse in the chorus, I'm like, have I said everything that I needed to say? Right. Like, is a bridge actually going to add to the song you could Elevate add a bridge it. to any song you want yeah mm -hmm. and you can as add as much but like in my mind I'm like well have I resolved what I want you know whatever is like do I feel satisfied with what I've said or do I need a bridge to kind mm -hmm. of really reiterate that point yeah and so I'm I'm starting to get to a point where I'm doing bridges with purpose and before it was just bridges because I thought I had to make a bridge right and so a lot of time my bridges like are in second where it's just a bunch of vocal stacks and uh -huh. you know, that's like kind of my thing is I love to play with vocal stacks and mm -hmm. stuff so like a lot of it's kind of a pattern like my bridge is just that moment mm -hmm. but like I felt like I said everything I needed to say and there wasn't you know I didn't need that extra space to yeah reiterate anything um and so uh, that's been my thing lately is just like figuring out like is the bridge necessary for the song and just making sure I'm doing it with purpose because I want to make sure everything I'm adding yeah. into the song is with purpose and that kind of goes with my last point like knowing like this sound that I put in the song, is it adding or is it distracting? Right. Is it necessary? You know, just like, not even that there's a set of rules to it. It literally depends on each song and mm -hmm. whatever, but like, I just want to make sure that I'm doing everything in a song with purpose and it's not just thrown yeah. in there or not thought through, you know, because I think it just makes it more of like one cohesive piece of mm -hmm. work, you know? Yeah, I love that. I Thank think it's you. easy to get like caught in the traditional like structure, pop structure. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you're like, but this doesn't make any sense for this song. Yeah. Right. And, you know, a bridge could be like, wow, that's an epic bridge. But it's yeah. like, did they need it? I don't know. Yeah. You know, we don't know yeah. whether they needed it or not. But it's Who's not. And say? it's not like bridges are. <laughs> I think, like you said, you get really stuck, especially when you come from a very singer-songwriter world. Mm -hmm. You get very stuck feeling you have to follow a certain structure. And, I mean, Reebok, I don't fucking know what the structure is. <laughs> I just kept going at one point. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Like, yeah, Sometimes yeah. You just gotta feel what the song feels, and you take let the song take you. You know. Yeah, that's how I feel about like a lot of rules in songwriting is that mm -hmm. they can be useful, but they're kind of there to be broken. Yeah. And if ultimately you should go with what feels good and what sounds good, Agreed. and like any sort of structural kind of I don't know guidance that these like rules can have are just to assist you with like something's not going right or like this doesn't feel right why maybe it's yeah. maybe changing one of these things will help or this like I don't know format will help but mm -hmm. if it just feels 
right how it is just go with it yeah don't question it just go so this season of the podcast is focused on queer artists and we've been asking people kind of how does your kind of queer experience or identity affect your art if it does at all or like affect your perspective or the messages you choose to send um literally quite literally everything (laughs) i'm so i feel like this past year um especially you know i've had i've had to drop certain team members because they weren't you know being the affirming Mm. people i needed and and you know weren't giving me the space that i needed so i was like get out of here you're toxic yeah 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 um so this past year has been a lot of like navigating who i surround myself with on you know the managerial side the business side or just the artist side who i'm working with and realizing Mm -hmm. like who's on the same page and who's not because the music industry as you both know is very run by white cishet men right yeah boring you know and they say for the most part and in in the nicest way possible the issues that have come across (laughs) most of the the people i've had been having issues with when it comes to my queerness are those people naturally naturally with me right so i you know i've had to navigate that especially being a very openly non-binary person Mm -hmm. and you know very openly non-binary person who with like very visible scars and i'm not a afraid of showing them yeah. and all that you know so I'm like very visibly here you can't not can't ignore be, it pay yeah. attention to my queerness like you know what I mean and so, yeah yeah so I've I've had to navigate this space of like you know the per- like the person I mentioned that I had to drop was you know under the under the belief that I couldn't be as openly queer as I am and be you know selling out stadiums mm. for example like that mm-hmm. wasn't possible and I was like, fuck that. I'll, why can't I be the first? Or what, you yeah. know, what? why do I need another white cishet man to tell me that I can't be openly queer? You know what I mean? And so I, I've i had to, you know, navigate this space of like, like, I'm not making queer music, like queer exclusive music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But my music inherently is always going to come from a queer perspective and a very queer perspective, you know. And, you know, any song I write, even I could not touch based on anything about queerness, but like it's gonna come from my perspective. So it's, yeah. it's, it's inherently is gonna be queer. But again, it's not only targeted for a queer audience. And I think people like the guy I had to drop mm-hmm. conflate that. You right. know, they're like, oh, okay, so you're queer. So you, you're just making queer music. I'm like, well, no, like it doesn't have to be. Yeah. I had, I had people ask me, like, so do you wanna just be a boxed in queer artist? And I'm like, what, what does that even mean? You know what I mean? Like, why can't not queer people listen to my music? They're just yeah. choosing not to. You know what I mean? Like, it started to really, like, mess with me, like, this whole, like, identity in music. And then I just realized, like, I'm just a fucking queer artist and I'm making music. And yeah. I can, if I can market it as queer if I want to. You know what I mean? Like, Second, yeah. obviously, is a very queer song because mm-hmm. I talk about my top surgery. It literally is about my top surgery. Mm-hmm. But it's also written in a way that can be very understood and related to anyone who hasn't had top surgery. You yeah. Know? And so it's just like, yeah, it's just I, being queer is a very big part part of me and, and my identity and my storytelling and my artistry. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've made a big focus very recently. Unfortunately, very recently because the person I had to drop was kind of controlling on who mm-hmm. I worked with. But very recently, I'm like, I only want to work with queer people or femme people or, you know, I'm, I'm so and you know it's just like it creates a, a certain space like I feel yeah. like I don't have to be small you know and not that yeah. I'm a big 
person who takes up the room, but it's like you feel very, you can feel very small quickly around certain types of people. Mm. Yeah. And I'm kind of done with that. So yeah, queerness yeah. is like a big part of my music and just navigating. Yeah. It doesn't actually have to, it doesn't actually control my music like certain people think it does. And I've had to battle with that, like mm-hmm. that, that completion of, you know, which one is it? Like when it, it's not either, you know? Yeah, I find it very strange when people think that they can't or don't want to listen to like if there's like a love song but it's a queer love song that they somehow now can't relate to it right exactly but also like i've been listening to straight love songs my whole life okay so (laughs) can you turn the tables a little bit (laughs) yeah it's like it's just a love song so what if it's like a, a you know like if it's a woman loving woman perspective it's still a love song like we're, our love is is uh is di- you know not different it's still love yeah it comes from a different perspective but it's still love like it's just it's just stupid yeah there's no reason why you wouldn't be able to, to listen to a, a love song and be like yeah that's relatable like i it's only if you then go and you look up the person you're like oh now i don't relate to this but like why wouldn't you and so much art like movies books music all of it is about seeing other people that aren't the same as you and using Mm -hmm. that as a way to connect with them and so i like you'll what people will watch a movie about someone who like grew up on the other side of the world and they're like i relate to this (laughs) but if it's like (laughs) a gay love song they're like no no actually this is not for me and at the end of the day it's like literally just music you're just hearing sound and you really are that bothered yeah by who it's like yeah it's like it's not that deep you know what i mean like it is but also not at the same time so it's just it's queerness in my music has been like a big motif in the past year and Mm -hmm. having people telling me how much or where it should fit and i realize i'm done with that i'm fully done with that if anyone has anything to say about my queerness in my music they're gone i just don't work with them yeah and so that's been kind of my hill that i've been dying on in the past year (laughs) is like also just getting up to the top of the hill was hard now i'm here i'm like yeah, it's a good there, hill. So. Yeah, I'm glad you're there. I'm it's glad you're on that hill. On. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love this hill. Yeah. <laughs> it's the great hill. Yeah. So you've been releasing music since 2016, and you've mostly been releasing singles, but I know that you've worked on an album, and that's what's to come. Mm-hmm. But how has your style and your perspective changed from then to now and kind of taking the mentality of, like, releasing just singles that live in their own world and then creating an album that has, like, its own? realm and everything Mm. yeah I think it you know so like I said when I started releasing music it was like cool I'm you know releasing music but I was like I just do regular things like I'm a regular Mm -hmm. person who just releases music Mm -hmm. every now and then you know like I like to do music would like to pursue it but didn't know I could you know Mm -hmm. and I also was not you know if you look back at me at 2016 I'm very visually and not visually a different person and so um, I think I was just in, in, in a very interesting space. And I didn't know it at the time that I was not what I, you know, the what yeah. I, that I am non-binary and, you know, what I am now. I didn't, I had no idea. I was like, cool, I figured out I'm gay. That's it. You know, <laughs> I didn't even think about gender. And so right. it was just kind of navigating, you know, I had just gone to college, you know, I just had my, you know, my first serious and queer relationship and mm-hmm. just was navigating a lot of things at once and just releasing music as I felt like it. And then I think I did that for like, two three years it was just like oh really before I had any team members literally just me Mm -hmm. and so 
my the XT member I just talked about, he picked me up, I think, like, three years in. So we, we had worked together for two years before I dropped him. And, um, you know, that kind of helped having someone, someone on my team to help mm-hmm. kind of navigate, you know, certain spaces I should go to or how to release music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so we released my Everything and Nothing EP, and so that was at the top of 2019 or 2020. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. This whole fucking last year has been a blur. <laughs> but um, so we released that, and that was like kind of like my first step outside of you know acoustic singer songwriter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I was because all I knew because I didn't know production up until then. Like I mm-hmm. I co-produced two of the songs on that EP, but just like very minimally. Uh-huh. Um, but before all I knew was how to play guitar and piano and sing and write to that. So that's all I was performing. That's all I was writing. That's all I was recording. Mm-hmm. So that's all I thought I ever could be. And that's all everyone else thought I could ever be. So I was very labeled as this like folk singer songwriter, right. acoustic singer songwriter. So a lot of playlists, if you see me on Spotify, are like people putting me there because that's where I was for a while. Yeah, yeah. And so with this ex team member, a lot of our goal a lot of our goal was to break that barrier and to get out of that barrier. And mm-hmm. so that's what you see with everything and nothing EP was like very, very loudly getting out of there. Mm-hmm. And, um, sorry, my brother. <laughs> so a lot of that, you know, that was trying to get out of that space. And that was like a big goal was to get out of that singer songwriter acoustic box. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we did the EP and then you released a few more songs after that. And it was just kind of like, you know, just releasing music as it goes. We have an EP. It wasn't really, I think I wasn't necessarily making the music yet that was ready for an album or mm-hmm. ready for a space. Like, I hadn't thought that far. Um, and so in the in the middle of releasing my Everything and Nothing EP, Missing June, the letter was I was going through really heavy gender dysphoria mm-hmm. and figuring out my gender. Like, I actually finally, like, started, you know, I cut my hair while back or whatever and I was like people yeah. told me certain things but I I hadn't actually done the work myself mm-hmm. and so that was kind of the time period I started doing the work myself and that was like super fucking hard and I was in a really weird place artistically and I just like wasn't after you know missing June around then like I just wasn't making good music I wasn't <laughs> writing at all and it was like a weird thing of like what am I doing like if if I'm not making music then like we can't I can't right you know pitch anything else you know what I mean I was like this yeah. weird, really weird thing so weird limbo after I did the work of like you know working within myself and my identity and figuring that stuff out like all of a sudden then I just literally like this album started during quarantine was when I like was trying to shake all this off was like right at the beginning yeah. of like the COVID lockdown and everything and I finally figured like fuck I figured out who I am what my identity is I was like I want to go get top surgery or whatever and even though that process after then until I finally got to here was a long time, mm-hmm. I finally like realized it and I kind of accepted it and I, you know, got over it myself. And all of a sudden that like seal broke and I just wrote like a bunch of songs during quarantine with a bunch of different people. Aww. And, you know, we were like, I realized like as I was, as all those songs were coming, I was like, okay, I think they kind of fit into this one world. I think this could be an album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, we kind of kept writing for a little longer after that. And then I was like, I want to make an album and this feels like the album. And you know, I had like a good, I had an original like 14 songs and then I cut half of them out because I made a bunch of better ones. Right. Because all of a sudden I just got into this space where I was like, I want to produce this album. I want to make this album all by Hell myself. Yeah. Like, you know, outside of writing certain songs to certain people, I just like was in my studio just trying to make music. Yeah. So my album title, my debut album is called I Owe It To Myself. And so. Love that. Lovely. Um, 
it kind of literally ties in that whole world of like I was going through a lot of you know figuring out I was owing it to myself on like figuring out my identity Mm -hmm. I was owing it to myself to get rid of people who are toxic I owe it to myself to write or to produce the entire album which is something I really wanted to do (laughs) and so it was kind of like this album is for me yeah um and so this journey of making the album was all for me and so that's where I kind of came onto the album title and so it's just a lot of I know I'm totally off the original no I'm loving my music my music has followed my identity mm-hmm. and and figuring myself out and the music has followed suit and whether that's figuring out myself as a queer person um or a producer or an artist mm-hmm. you know all of that has kind of figuring out all these paths kind of finally landed in one spot Mm -hmm. and it feels really good and you know I think it's like finally just I know who Mickey is as an artist and as Mm -hmm. a person you know and I'll cry (laughs) (laughs) you know like I was you know I I, I'm also like expanding on writing and producing for other people Mm -hmm. and you know going down those lanes and like just that alone helped me figure out what was my sound and what was not my sound um, and I just like this pat these past two years have been a lot of work internally and just on myself. Yeah. And I think it's just reflecting onto the music and it's just really exciting. It feels really good. And I feel like if Gosh. any of the success I'm having now happened earlier, it wouldn't be right. Wouldn't be the same. You know, like if so like right now is like when it's supposed to be happening. And right now I'm I'm me as an artist and me as a person is ready for all the opportunities that are to come. I don't, I don't, wasn't before. Uh, and I'm, I know, I'm actually know. tearing up. I'm actually, like, I know we just met, but I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. I already know I, I'm going to cry when I listen to this album. I already uh, know. I already well, I, know. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I feel like it's, you know, it's easy to look back and be like, you know, think back when I was, you know, first drop the everything and everything EP and being mm-hmm. like, oh, why well, didn't get the success it needed, whatever. And I'm right. like, even then I was closer to, you know, knowing who I am mm-hmm. then, but like not even till, not even, it's not the same as even now, you know? And yeah. so I think like everything that's happening is like, I'm ready for it now. And I think, you know, it's all, it's all feeling <laughs> like it's coming together, you know? Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm no, like, like move. I'm so moved. By it. <laughs> Me too. I am too. Oh, I'm so happy for you. That's amazing. Yeah, what a lovely story. I'm Thank so excited you. to hear this freaking album now. <laughs> this is a really high. Me too. I, good I, hype I, for I've it. I've been sit. I've been sitting on it for so long. I'm just dying. To is get it, it done? Out. Early next year. Yeah, it is done. Um, so I amazing. mean, technically, I have like two songs I'm waiting on the masters for, but. Besides okay, that, yeah. everything else Basically is done. Basically, everything else up. is done. Yeah. So you know, early next year is is when it's coming. So I can't tell you that far yet. That's but lit. I can tell you that it's early next oh. year. So yeah, all these singles that I've been releasing are part of it, and so I have a few more before the album. And so, mm-hmm. um, it's just it's just been really fun. It feels really good because you know half of the songs on the album I just did full, you know wrote and produced fully by myself, like Reebok, yeah. for example. Um, and it's just like, not that that like matters. It's not like an ego thing of like, oh, I did it by myself, but it's like, it's kind of this feeling of like, I'm capable of doing it. And it kind of, it's just like super cool to be like, (laughs) it's a perspective thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it's just, I like lost belief in myself for a little bit when I was navigating my gender and all Mm -hmm. that stuff and navigating, you know, toxic people and being like, and so, you know, like having those little moments in my studio at 2 a.m. where I'm like, holy shit, I just made this song. Like, kind yeah, of, you know, real, you know, kind of changes all that. And you're like, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I'm fairly good at what I do. Freaking good. Believe in it more, you know. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love this. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I didn't expect to be in tears. Uh, Yeah, I know. I know. And on a Tuesday. So our last question for you is a song breakdown, where basically we ask you to explain. What, why are you looking like that? I'm not oh, you're just listening. I thought just you were telling me to stop. No. Um, basically, like, um, from the idea behind it to the writing process to the production to how you feel about it now that it's out. So can you do that for Rebox? For Rebox, yes. I was like, which song? I know. Um, so Rebox... I think it's, I think it's just a funny story. Um, I mean, not really. I mean, I think, whatever. I don't know why I started like that. That was a dumb start. (laughs) Anyways, so my girlfriend and I were talking and she is, she loves New York. New York is one of her favorite places. Mm -hmm. And she has visited a few times. We've gone there once together, but she's never lived there. And we're having this conversation of like, she would, she would, sorry, that was loud. She was like, she would love to live there one day. And she was like, can we live in New York one day? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I like could not say I I physically could not say yes we can live in New York one day like my head's going all these different places of like what do you like I I don't know what's gonna happen in a few years I can't promise that it's gonna be in a few years or whenever and it's like that's a big thing and I was like I like physically could not say yes and she was kind of like you know we got in this like you know those like dumb bickering yeah 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 she's like what do you mean you can't just say yes I was like I don't know I can't say yes I can't say that I can promise you that and so Uh we got in this like dumb little you know, bickering argument, and I wrote down in my notes, wish I could promise you a New York apartment, and in my head, I was like, later, I'm gonna write a song, it's like, a love song that's like, I wish I could promise you this, but I'm gonna love you forever, and and don't leave me for someone who can promise you a New York apartment, Mm -hmm. like, I was like, I had this plan to do this whole, like, petty love song, and so, it was either the same night, or, like, the next night, and it's, like, one or two a.m., and I'm like, I'm just gonna go write this song and so I literally go to my studio I like close all the doors I turn on all my like neon lights mm-hmm. and I just like you know open up my midi keyboard and I just like play those three chords and like that's pretty I'm like I'm just gonna do that and mm-hmm. I just like loop it and um I just like randomly look you know look at my notes and I'm like wish I could promise you a New York apartment I was like that's kind of cool and then I just like kind of start going off from there I just start coming up with random mm-hmm. lyrics and came up with the verse and it's not about friends Everyone thinks it's about friends. I'm saying, you know, like the one from your favorite show. It's not friends. She mm-hmm. hates friends. Um, her favorite, I, I was referencing Devil Wears Prada, but I couldn't say movie or film. You know, it's not right. to say show. Yeah. Um, and she always wants me to clarify that with people because I didn't it's know. Noted. I think it's not friends. about friends. It's, not. it's definitely not about people friends. Be like, oh, is it about friends? I'm like, no, it's not about friends. Good. I didn't even, Please yeah. And then, it, you know, you look at the apartment and friends. I'm like, I'm pretty much did describe that, but that's not at all what I was talking about. Anyways. <laughs> So, um, you know, I started writing that. And then, like I said, this was an example of the production kind of coming together. So I would literally just was improvising the fuck out of the song for a while mm-hmm. and would just add certain elements. And I was like, I'm going to go up here. Or I'm going to add this drum here, whatever. And it turned into this song about, you know, anxiety and not being able to like, like looking at the future and feeling fucking terrified. And, mm-hmm. you know, the whole chorus of the song is, I was just literally trying to paint this picture of me like laying on the bathroom floor, just like not being able to cope with the idea of promising that I mm-hmm. could live in a New York apartment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just it was supposed to start out this petty, dumb love song turned out into this raging song about anxiety <laughs> and how like it fucks with my head, you know? And 
Right. Like even the second verse when I was like, you know, wish I knew everything, wish I knew everything that was going to happen, wish it wouldn't fuck with my head. I was like, cool, I've never said fuck in a song. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> like, this is exciting. This is a big and moment. even the line that's like, yeah, but ordering coffee weird. I just like improvise that, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, that's kind of cool. I'll keep it. And so right. literally a lot of this song, just like, I was like, I'll just keep it there for now. And then I produced a little bit around it. I was like, it's kind of cool. So this song was like the perfect example of like the production and the writing happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. They kind of led each other. Um, and I just literally was following whatever came out naturally. And it turned into that. And like within two hours, I was like, oh, this is actually a pretty good song. It's actually like, a slap. Figured this song out. And, um, yeah, it was, and then it's one of those songs where my girlfriend's like the ultimate test. You know, when I ask her if she can mm-hmm. come listen and if she likes it right away, it's a good one. If she has anything bad to say about it, it's probably not a good one. And so the or- she's the um, oracle. She, she's going to be the most honest person to me, you know. Yeah. And so I always get really scared when I show her. I was like, babe, come here. And she loved it. And I was like, OK, cool. Pass the Hope Ream test. So. Um, but yeah, I just it just like came together super naturally. And, mm-hmm. and you know, not that that defines the song in any way but anytime you know I've had a few of those moments where a song just happens like that in a short span of time I mean the demo that I made that night very little changed I think I just added some harmonies and that was it like Mm -hmm. when you hear the reg you know the like the finished project product so like happened all in that moment and like that moment was just so magical and it was like one of my favorite moments was making that song Mm -hmm. because when I was done I was like oh my god this is so cool this is like at midnight, you start a song and finish it, and it's, like, the best thing you've ever done, you know? Yeah, I mean? yeah. Um, but I felt that, and I felt that from other people when I showed it to them, and it just felt really right, and it also was, like, another pat on the back of, like, Mickey, you're actually an okay producer, because also that's been yeah. something that's been, I've been struggling with, is, like, am I a good enough producer? Because I don't work as fast as other producers. Mm-hmm. It takes me time to kind of figure out what sounds I want. I'm a slower. Right. Because I have to, you know, I have to figure out, like, what I want. It takes me a while to figure out how to do it, you know? So, like, you know, I navigate that at the same time, but like this was just like kind of one of those moments I think that like defined the whole album. Yeah. Of, like, this moment I owed to myself, you know, and like uh, this revelation I had when making that song, you know, and so it's all coming together. It, you know, it all came together, and you know this, it, you know, it just everyone loved it. My team loved it, and we were like, I was like, it needs to be a single right. because I want to mm-hmm. have everyone listen to it, and then it's kind of it. That's kind of it. Just Bam. started yeah. off of one dumb little argument. Yeah. And then, there it is amazing <laughs> the producer imposter syndrome thing is so real actually <laughs> i feel it the it, exact it really same is. way especially too because i mean going off of this whole men run the music industry but it's too true most of the men i think yeah. every producer i've worked with so far has been a man and and mm-hmm. yeah like if i'm in a you know there's been a few sessions that i've been put in where i'm the producer and the writer mm-hmm. and i'm like what you guys trust me to be the producer right <laughs> And I get stressed out because, like, I can't, I might not be able to make the demo in that session or I'm not coming yeah. with ideas as fast. And, like, I'm like, oh, well, they think I suck. They, you know, whatever. And it's like, that's fine if I have a different workflow yeah. and different anything. It's totally fine. Like, I like to go work on the demo by myself mm-hmm. in my studio after the session when I have, like, the space to feel like I can make bad sounds and no one's going to point it out. You yeah. know, like, I'm doing it myself. That makes sense. Um, but producer imposter syndrome is very real and... um there are some days where I'm like, wow, I'm quite shit at this, and <laughs> that's okay. You know what? And just because there's a producer in a room who's working really fast does not mean what they're making is good, okay? That's so true. I don't know why speed is, like, a thing I, to me. Like, I, don't, 
I have no idea. Because they'll just like come up with, yeah. they'll come up with like a, a like a eight bar loop so fast. I'm like, man, I didn't even know what sound I wanted yet. You know, <laughs> I just and got here. Like, Let me put down my coat. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. So like, funny. whenever I'm I'm the producer in a session, I pro I have to say like, hey, I'm slow. Don't think about it. <laughs> That's really funny. Well, those are all our questions for you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I This is a lovely little podcast, and I'm so excited to be a part of it. And Thank I love you. what you guys are doing and, and the spaces you're creating. So Thank I appreciate you. it. Stop. We will cry. <laughs> <laughs> cry check. You're like, perfect. I wanted that. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to that episode. Thank you. I hope you guys loved it as much as we love talking to Mickey. I know. We loved talking to Mickey. <laughs> lots of laughs. Lots of reminiscing. Lots of laughs. We actually cried. I think we both, especially you, Anik, shed yeah. a tear. Okay. We no, shed a tear. everyone. Because their stories were so beautiful. They were. Truly. I know. And it was like, it was an emotional, it was really an emotional thing. It was an emotional roller coaster from laughing <laughs> to crying. <laughs> from laughing to crying. All but of the above. not regulate our emotions. No, not at all. But we hope that you guys felt the same way. And you can check out Mickey on Spotify, Mickey Ratsula. And you should. And you should. And their socials will be in our description. And we'll be back next week for another episode. See you next week. Love you. Bye. You see, I'm pretending I'm a rock star's girlfriend. I'm a rock star's girlfriend.